you're able to remain standing, please remain standing. Take your copies of God's Word and turn with me to John chapter 18. John 18, we'll begin at verse 28, and we'll read tonight to the first half of verse 16 of John chapter 19. Here now the Word of God, is, it is infallible, it is inerrant, it is God speaking to us, so let us pay close attention. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, if this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. And Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hell, king of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to the law he ought to die because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. 
He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat, him da- and sat down on the judgment seat at the place called the Stone Pavement and, and, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. The grass withers and the flower fades away, but the word of our God endures forever. You may be seated. Last Sunday evening, we looked at Peter's denial of the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw the steps that led Peter to deny the Lord three times. His overconfidence, his failure to pray, and how Peter followed the Lord from a distance. We then looked at each of those times that Peter denied the Lord. And the outcome, the immediate outcome, was that when the the cock crowed, he went out and he wept bitterly. Then we also mentioned the distant outcome that Peter one day would be Instated by the Lord. And so tonight we come and we see Jesus before Pilate. It is John who gives us the the most information about the appearance of Jesus before Pilate. But who was Pilate? He was the, the procurator or governor of Judea. He was married to Claudia Procula, the daughter of Julia, who was the daughter of of the emperor Augustus. And he served as governor of Judea. Now when he arrived in Judea, he sent soldiers to Jerusalem by night, carrying ensigns blazoned with the images of Tiberius. He would then go on to raid the Corban treasury, that treasury that was sacred to the Jews in order uh, to build an aqueduct to bring water from the pools of Solomon into Jerusalem. And according to Luke, Pilate at one time mingled the blood of the Galileans with the blood of the sacrifices of the Jews. In other words, he actually murdered people in the very act of worship. And so this was the man that Jesus was brought before, a a cruel man, a a wicked man. And here is the Lord himself in the final stage of these mock trials that he was having appearing before Pilate. And so there are three things I want us to see tonight from our text. And, And the first is the hypocrisy of the Jews. 
as they bring the Lord to Pilate. And notice the first way their hypocrisy is seen is found in verse 28. They led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. Now why is that hypocritical? Because they are about to put and, and convince Pilate to put an innocent man to death. The Jews were willing to sell their souls to secure the execution of Jesus of Nazareth. They did not care for Jesus at all. And so they go into the house of this Gentile. To go into the house would bring defilement upon them that brought Jesus. And so they did not enter the headquarters, but they brought Jesus to Pilate. And so they, they erred in two ways. They, first of all, did not consider the fact that they carried more pollution within their hearts than they would have actually uh, contracted by entering a profane place. They carried to excess their care about smaller matters and neglected what was of the, the highest importance. John Calvin put it this way, that these hypocrites, though they were so full of malice, ambition, fraud, cruelty, and avarice, that they almost infect heaven and earth with their abominable smell, are only afraid of external pollutions. So then it is an intolerable mockery that they expect to please God, provided that they do not contract defilement by touching some unclean thing, though they have disregarded true purity. They have disregarded the Son of God. They wanted to crucify him, and they also wanted to keep the Passover. And so they stayed outside of the headquarters of, of Pilate, thinking that in all that was about to, trans, uh, tra that to take place, that they would then be able to go and eat the Passover in good conscience. But the second way they erred is this. They wanted Jesus condemned, but they could not bring an accusation. As they bring Jesus to, to Pilate, he goes outside and he asks, what accusation do you bring against this man? And they could not give him one. Notice what they say. If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. They did not have a proper accusation. They just said, Pilate, trust us. We, we know that this man has done evil. We do not need an accusation. Just trust us that we say that he is an evil person. And Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. And tell him it was not lawful for them to put anyone to death. We see here that they did not want to be responsible. They thought that they could escape responsibility. If the Romans put Jesus to death, they they would be innocent of any guilt or responsibility in the death of Jesus. And so we see their hypocrisy as they bring our Lord before this Roman governor. But then the second thing we see, and it's in the conversation, the first uh, conversation that Jesus has with Pilate, is the nature of Jesus' kingdom. And that is found in verses 33 through 40 of John 18. 
Now this is really the central focus uh, 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 by Pilate as he questions Jesus. He asks, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? And Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Now, Pilate heard the Jews say that Jesus saw himself to be their king. And so he wanted to know whether or not he truly was king. Was he making himself king over Israel? Now, if Pilate had asked the question of his own volition, the meaning would be something like this. Are you a king like all the kings of the nations? Are you rebelling against Rome? But if the question originated in what the Jews were saying about him, the meaning would be uh, rather be, are you God's Messiah? Are you God of uh, the king whom God will send? And so the answer to the two questions would be quite different, wouldn't they? Jesus would have to say no to the suggestion that he was a political ruler, but yes to the question about Messiahship. And so Jesus answers Pilate in verse 36, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Here Jesus is definitely repudiating any idea that he was some political revolutionary. He was not. He did not come to overthrow Rome. He could have. He could have come and he could have wiped out Rome and, and everything that the Roman Empire stood for. But he came not for a, a political kingdom. He came for a spiritual kingdom. His kingdom is not of this world. Now that is very important for us as the church because we believe in the spirituality of the church. That we are spiritual, our, our, the kingdom that we are serving in, in is a, a spiritual kingdom. And that doesn't mean we neglect the physical. That our main emphasis is on the spiritual. Jesus tells Pilate, if my kingdom were this world, I, 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 my disciples would be fighting right now. They are not. And so Jesus here, he tells Pilate what type of kingdom he has. Pilate continues, verse 37, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Here Jesus tells Pilate that his kingdom is spiritual and is based on what is based on truth. That's why Jesus came into the world to, to teach the truth of God his Father. And not only is God the Father truth, but Jesus Himself is truth. He is God, and, and God is truth. And therefore, as Jesus came into this world, he, he taught nothing but truth, the truth of God, the truth of Himself. And then notice what Pilate says or asks in verse 38, what so many ask even tonight. What is truth? Now, if you ask some people, they'll say there is no truth. 
There is no objective truth. Whatever is true for you is true. Whatever is true for me is true. Here Pilate is seeming to speak in that way. What is truth? There he has the very truth of God. The one that embodies the truth of God. God himself standing in front of him. And and he asks what is this truth? You see, truth holds together. There there is no phase of truth that is not related to every other phase of truth. There is no phase of truth that is not related to God because He is the God of all truth. Somewhere along the way, we have forgotten that as well. We think we can separate knowledge from God. We think we can separate what we learn from God. But He is the giver of all knowledge. He is the, the giver of all truth. And so truth comes from God. Jesus came from God. And He is the truth of God as He has come in human flesh. And so Pilate goes outside. He says, I find no guilt in this man. You have a custom that I should release one to you at the Passover. And so do you want me to release the king of the Jews? And what do they say? They they do not want Jesus. No, not this man, but Barabbas. And Barabbas was a robber. Think of the the contrast there. The very Son of God. God come in the flesh. Incarnate in the flesh of man. Before the Jews. And this robber. This revolutionary in Barabbas. Which he was. And they chose Barabbas. But then there's a third thing we see in the rest of our text. There in, in chapter 19. And that is the enmity of the natural man towards God. And we see it in how they treated Christ, their creator. We see it as he is delivered over to be crucified. Pilate had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They arrayed him in a purple robe. They mocked him. Hell, king of the Jews. As they struck him time and again with their hands. Pilate again takes, goes out and says, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. And he brings out Jesus as he's wearing the crown of thorns, the purple robe. And and Pilate says, Behold the man. And what do they say? They, They say, Crucify him, crucify him. You see, the natural man hates God. He hates Christ. And we see the heart of the natural man as the chief priests and the officers, they cry out for Jesus to be crucified. Now again, Pilate is not settled on the matter. He tells the Jews, you take him, you go and and crucify him. And, and, And the Jews say, well, we have a law that according to that law, he ought to die because he made himself... The son of God. And Pilate heard that and he was afraid. And so he goes back in and again he questions Jesus. Where are you from? But this time Jesus would not answer. Pilate says, will you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have power over you? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and 
and the power and the authority to crucify you. Notice what Jesus says in verse 11. You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. Now, who delivered Jesus over? The Jews. The Jews delivered Jesus over. They have the uh, even greater sin than Pilate. Why is that? Well, they should have known better. They should have seen their Messiah who was right before them. And they did not. And so their sin is greater than even that of Pilate. Again, Pilate seeks to release Jesus, but the Jews had, would have none of it. They remind Pilate that if you release him, you're no friend of Caesar. The Jews would rather bow to Caesar than Christ, to Caesar than, than their Messiah. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. And so Pilate hears these words and he brings Jesus out and he sits him on the judgment seat in the sixth hour. And he said, behold, your king. And they cried all the more away with him. Crucify him. Crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? We have no king but Caesar. That is the heart of the natural man. That is the heart of a man that hates God and hates the Lord Jesus. And so at that moment, Jesus was delivered over to be crucified. And over the next couple of weeks, we will look at the crucifixion of our Lord. What application can we make here tonight? And the first is this, that if we are in Christ and we are part of a part of a spiritual kingdom. And this should give us comfort in times of difficulty. You see, the kingdom of Christ is spiritual. And again, that is seen in the spiritual nature of the church. What are we called to do? We are called to go uh, and to preach Christ. The power of the church is spiritual, not physical. The church does not have the power of the sword. But we have the power of the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And that is our task. Our task is to go and to preach the gospel in word and in deed to reveal to people their need of Christ and their need of being welcomed into His spiritual kingdom. That is our job. That is your job this week as you go out in this world to, to tell others of, of Christ. To tell others of Christ crucified so that they might be redeemed uh, by His blood. The second application is this. If we are in Christ, then we must realize that there is truth and all truth comes from God. Truth is not relative. Now again, I cannot keep up with all this post-modernity, post-post-modernity, all that is going on, but... But truth is not relative. There is objective truth, and all objective truth comes from God. There is no truth that we, we learn or encounter in this life that does not come from Jesus. Now again, there are many today that are just like Pilate. They will ask the question, what is truth? As, as you give them the, the, the claims of Jesus, as you tell them who Jesus is and why they, they need Him and why they need to come to Him. They will ask, why? 
What is truth? How do you know that is, that is true? Well, because we know that God is a God of truth. And our job is to reveal the truth to them through Jesus. So there is truth, as Jesus tells Pilate, that he came. And everyone who is of the truth listens to the voice of Christ. Again, our job is to proclaim that truth, to proclaim the truth of God in Jesus. And as we do so, then we let God do the work because it is his work to do. He is the one that must convert. He is the one that must change the hearts of men and women and children before they will ever come to faith in Christ and know the truth. Then finally tonight, know that all of this that was done to our Lord, not only what we see tonight, but what we will see in the coming weeks, was done by the hands of sinful men, but it was also done according to the sovereignty of God. Again, go back to verses 10 and 11 of John 19. Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you, Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. You see, that authority that Pilate had over Jesus at this moment was given to him by God. Now we might ask, why would God choose to put his son to death? Why would God choose to put His only begotten Son to death on a cross to have Him suffer all of that physically, but then spiritually to suffer what He suffered? And the answer is, is simple, to, to save His people. You see, none of the, the sacrifices of the Old Testament, none of them could save, none of them could redeem, not the, the blood of, of bulls and goats could redeem, but only the blood of the Son of God. Only the blood of Christ. And so God was active in all that was taking place. God the Father, He was not sitting on His throne wondering what was happening. He was not sitting on His throne worrying about anything. He knew exactly what had to happen as well as the Son and the Spirit. And as we will see next week and the coming weeks, it will be God the Father that will pour out His wrath upon the Son to save sinners. And the only way that sinful man can be reconciled to, to God was that God Himself would come and live righteously in human flesh and die as the great Passover Lamb of God. The Jews, they just wanted to celebrate Passover. They didn't want to be defiled by going into a, a Roman governor's headquarters. They, they couldn't do that. What they didn't realize as Jesus was being led to be crucified is that He would be that final Passover Lamb of God ever needed to be sacrificed. And that if they would only come to Him in faith, their sins would be forgiven. Yes, the very sin of delivering Jesus over to be crucified would be forgiven. The very sins of them saying over and over again, crucify him, crucify him, would be forgiven. And we know that some in that crowd who said these words 
would later be there in Jerusalem at the day of Pentecost when Peter preached. And 3,000 were added to the church that day. So as Jesus is the only mediator between God and man, that perfect sacrifice given for the sins of man, there is no other sacrifice. And we are reminded of that tonight. We do not come tonight to an altar. We come to a table. We do not come this evening to, to sacrifice an animal. We come remembering the sacrifice of the Passover Lamb of God. The sacrifice that He gave for us so that we might be saved. Jesus was delivered over to be crucified so that He would save us who deserve that crucifixion and the wrath of God instead of Him. And so as we come to the table this evening, we come grateful and thankful. If you do not come grateful and thankful tonight, then do not come because you have not yet understood the gospel. But if you understand that gospel and you know Christ, then we come and we celebrate His death for us. We celebrate the fact that Jesus was stricken, smitten, and afflicted to save us from the wrath of God. May God add his blessing to the reading, hearing, and preaching of his word. Let us pray. Oh Lord God, we thank you tonight for the death of our Savior. We thank you that all that we hear tonight concerning him before Pilate, concerning him being rejected by the Jewish nation, concerning the fact that he was flogged and that he was tortured, that he was beaten uh, by, by, by the hands of men, Lord, that he did that for us. He did that to save us and to redeem us. God, I, I pray if there are any here tonight that does not know of that salvation in Jesus, even now, Lord, reveal to them their sin and their need of Christ and bring them to Christ. Give them faith. And Lord, for the rest of us, I pray that as we come to your table, that we would do so in faith, thanking you for what Jesus has done for us. And we pray all of these things in His name. Amen.